this mission is what is showing me why I came back here, why I was given that second chance. It's because the human connection, it's because of our brothers and sisters. It's about reminding each other of our power. It's about reminding each other that we deserve to live. Like we're here in this now moment for a reason and it's to live, to really live our life while we have it and to not let it go, to not just take it for granted. My friend, welcome back. If you are new here, I'm Joanne Chan, your host of the podcast Find Joy with Joanne. Thank you for coming back every week for the most authentic, courageous, and powerful connections with a lot of fun. Thank you for showing up for yourself today to continue to learn and grow to live a life with joy, passion, purpose, and success in your own style on your own terms. And today, I am so 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 grateful to be bringing you one of the most beautiful souls that I have ever met on earth. She is so real. She is a real deal. She has such a powerful presence and when she speaks, she only speaks the truth and this is what I love about her. So today's guest is the founder of Now Level Up, a company that she describes as an individual movement, a daily conscious intention, a way of life and a conscious commitment to self. She is an author, speaker, radical reprogrammer, an angel of change, a freedom activist supporting the evolution of humanity, and most importantly, she is love and she is you. But is there a story? Always, as she said. Just six months after losing her brother Jason in 2013 from a heroin overdose, at the same time, she was battling with her own addictions and unhealthy programming. She created and manifested a car accident that led her to a conversation in heaven with Jason. Jason's message to her was that she was not alone, but she was to create a channel to allow everyone to know that they are not alone. Since she has helped thousands of people transform their deepest pains into their ultimate powers. And she is currently working on a project across the United States, spreading hope and sharing her gift. Her gift is people. Her gift is human connection. Her gift is creating safely in the moment from tapping into the human subconscious and unwiring the fear while rewiring with love. Her gift is giving people hope by letting them know they are not alone. And she is here today to remind you that you are not alone. So guys, help me welcome the angel who is working on bringing heaven down to earth, the angel going across America reminding other angels of their wings, Cassandra Mary Bauer. Cassandra, welcome to the show, my dear. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. You really brought me, you, you, brought, you brought me to tears. <laughs> really? Oh, it's, it's, you know, 
I am so I'm so looking forward to having you on our show today. And you know, I, I spent hours, hours going through your website, you know, reading every single word and every single story, watching your films, you know. They are so they are so addictive in a good way, you know, um, because it's so freaking powerful. And I pull out so many things I want to talk to you about today, and I just can't wait to dive deep with you. But the, the first place that I want to start is, of course, to let my listeners know more about you and what brought you to doing this work today. You know, I remember you telling me your stories for the very first time. Um, it really touched me and it will stay with me for forever, you know, for the rest of my life. It, it touched me in such a way that made me understand that, you know, life whispers to you all the time. But if we are not paying attention, if we are not listening, you know, or constantly checking out of life, it has no choice but to put us into a situation where it wakes us up and we have to wake up to ourselves and to life. So your story is one of the most beautiful, powerful and life-changing stories that I have ever heard. So can you share with us, you know, who was Cassandra back in 2013 and who is Cassandra today? You know, I really, I actually really love this question because my transparency is the Cassandra in 2013 is the same Cassandra right now. And I'll explain why. Ever since I was a little girl, I have always had a knowing that there was more, that there was more to this life. And because I came from you know, I come from, you know, a divorced family. I come from a lot of addiction. I come from a lot of abuse. My world externally to me was always dark. And I remember when I was a little girl, I would have these moments where I would close my eyes and I would go into my internal world. And there was so much light. There was so much magic. There was so much beauty and there was so much love. And through the years, you know, growing up in that kind of environment and that family, I never felt seen. I never felt heard. I never felt acknowledged. You know, there was so much always going on. There was so much noise, you know, always going on externally that I felt like I was drowned out, you know. And when I was 11 years old, I was taken to a doctor and diagnosed with ADD and ADHD, and I was put on Adderall. And so for anybody that's listening, I want to go a little bit deeper into this story to give you kind of an out, like a, a look inside of what was really being created in this moment. So Adderall stimulates your nervous system, okay? Our nervous system is basically our command center of the body. You know, it's our brain, it's our spinal cord. It's what takes control of our movements, our appetites, our temperature. And so Adderall stimulates that. Adderall takes over what the human body should be naturally doing. So I'm a baby at 11, Okay. And I'm not a conscious enough to be my own advocate. I don't have anyone close enough to me to really, I guess, 
I would say, consciously think into this moment of a doctor putting me on something to stimulate my nervous system. And fast forward into, uh, I believe it was the first, maybe first year or two of high school. There was this moment where I was in class and I was taken out of class and met by my two by two deans and my counselor and asked if I was on drugs. And I had looked at them and said, no, I've never done drugs in my entire life. What are you talking about? And my counselor said, did you take your Adderall today? And I remember looking at all of them and being like, no, like I wanted to eat today and Adderall actually suppressed my appetite. And that day they sent me down to the nurse's office and they told me basically if I didn't take Adderall, which is a drug, that I was no longer allowed in school, that I was no longer allowed to attend my classes. And that day I went home and I will never, ever, ever, Joanne, forget this moment. I went up to my room, I grabbed a pillow, I laid in bed and I started crying. And I said out loud, not even just to myself, I said it out loud. No one sees me, no one hears me, and no one acknowledges me for the love that I am, for the light that I am. And that day I consciously checked out of this human experience. I started down a 15 year pill addiction where I was not present to my life. I was in toxic relationships. I was trauma bonding. I was literally just not here. I was numb to life. Fast forward to being 25 years old. I'm working a job that I am fueling my addiction with. I'm in a toxic relationship that I'm not happy with. And it's also abusive. And I'm upstairs at this job working a party. And my manager tells me that my brother, Blake, is on the phone and that I have to take a call. So I walked into this bathroom and my brother ended up telling me that our eldest brother, Jason, had overdosed from heroin and died. And I'm telling you, Joanne, that moment, I literally fell to my knees. And right when my knees hit that ground, it was like I felt for the first time in 15 years. I knew in that moment that I had been numb for 15 years because I felt my heart break. I literally felt my heart shatter. And it was that moment that was a catalyst for me to get sober, for me to say, okay, like all of these feelings from 15 years of numbing are funneling through and I don't even know how to control what I'm feeling. And so I ended up getting sober. It took me a month. I did it by myself. I went through a lot of internal hell and that's my truth. Like I wanted to kill myself. I, you know, I couldn't, I didn't have tools, you know, like I couldn't figure out whose voice inside my head was mine and whose was someone else's. And so I ended up going back to the same place that I was working. And I love this quote that I came upon years later in my own evolution. Uh, you cannot heal the same place you got sick. And so 
I went into the same atmosphere that I was sick in and I was looking at temptation and peer pressure. And that night I was asked to take a drink. And for me, my addict mind was like, oh, I'm not a drinker. I'm a pill popper. So of course I can do this, you know? And I ended up having a couple of drinks, getting behind the wheel of the car. And while I was driving down the highway, you know, I remember saying to myself, like, this is the time, like, you're ready, like, it's time to play. Like, I heard my subconscious just saying this stuff to me. And a car ended up getting in my lane, I ended up turning the wheel and hitting a ditch going 110 miles per hour. And, you know, flipping seven times hitting a tree and flipping over a five foot fence. And the thing is, Joanne is I'm here now. And when I woke up in that hospital bed, I had only remembered seeing my brother, Jason. I had only, the only thing that felt real to me was the message he told me on the other side, which was, you know, you are not alone, but you have to create a channel to allow everyone to know that they are not alone. And so waking up in that hospital bed, only remembering that, I sat there and I was like, okay, what am I realizing like in this now moment? And what I realized was that the character that I had been playing for 25 years was not working anymore. This character of being an addict, of being lonely, of being um, scared, of living in fear, of living in her own pain and suffering, it just wasn't working. I didn't know how to play it, obviously. And so that moment I said, you know, who am I going to choose to play? What character can I step into? And I stepped into the character of love. And I've spent 86,400 moments of every day for the past, it's coming up to eight years now, consciously committing to playing that character. So I want to reiterate what you asked me. You asked me who I was then and who I am now. I've always been love. I've always been love. I just didn't know how to access it until now. I didn't know how to give myself permission to be who I have always known myself to be until now. And so I was the same person. I was just figuring it out. And that's something I really try to get across to everyone I meet is that this is an experience. We are all souls having this human experience and we're gonna all do things in our life that maybe we're not proud of or we're gonna play characters in our story that at times in our lives, those don't define us. That doesn't define the ending. And I always just say, you know, Every moment is a moment to become the hero of your own story. And that's what I did. I love that. I love that story. No, though I, I have, you have told me before, but hearing the second time, I still have all these goosebumps. Oh my God. And something that really hit me, I really have this question that I really want to ask right now before I move on, um, is that if you could go back to, you know, that little girl of who you were in when you were 11 years old, you know, came back from school, crying, hiding inside the room and decided to check out, decided to, you know, stop playing this life, you know, stop being a conscious human. 
if you could go back to that moment to yourself, what would you say to her? I would say one day you will remember. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. Because my truth is everything I went through after that moment of checking out, I needed to go through to become who I am today. I have no idea if all of that didn't happen, if I would ever have figured it out, if I would ever have remembered, you know, like I tell people it's not, it's not the funnest thing to say, even after my brother died, I didn't remember. You know what I mean? Even after my grandma died, I didn't remember. Even after these significant people in my life die and I lose so many things and so many parts of myself, I didn't remember until I fully lost myself. Why do you think, you know, we lost all these people and yeah, we don't remember, but once we lost ourselves, like, why is that? My personal opinion is that because of the modality and the method that I've created through Now Level Up, and I've spoken to you a little bit about it, it's the mirror method, right? So everyone is a mirror of us. And so for me, how I have constructed it in my life, or I should say deconstructed it in my life, is that everyone in my life is a mirror of something in me, right? Like my brother was a mirror of my addiction. He was a mirror of my suffering. My grandmother was a mirror of my grace. She was a mirror of my love. She was a mirror of all these things. And when I, lo- when I lost them, I was losing parts of myself. When I lost my brother, I literally got sober. I lost the addiction, right? It's like when I lost my grandmother, I lost love. It depleted me when I lost her. Like when I lost these things, but when I lost myself, I lost all of it. You know what I mean? There was nothing to hold on to anymore. And it was for me to figure out, okay, how am I going to swim again? How am I going to do this thing called life again? And it was for me about not giving anyone else my power. It was about taking my power back and knowing that I had the power to create the life that I wanted to create. Yeah, I love that. So, you know, for people who are listening to this right now, for people who are losing themselves in the moment, what do they need to remember? What do they need to know? What would you say to them? I'm so happy that you just asked me that because this is, oh, I'm so happy you asked me that because one thing that I tell anybody I sit with, any client, anybody I meet is that my favorite thing, and it's even in the, in the back of my children's book, that's published. Okay. It says I get lost. I have committed in my life to consciously get lost over and over again to find deeper and deeper parts of myself. That is Satnam. That is truth is my identity. So for anybody who feels like they're losing parts of themselves or they don't know who they are. Awesome. That's the first start. Like that is the beginning of the rest of your life because the truth is, is everybody in this human experience is a little kid trying to figure this thing called life out. We're all just trying to figure it out day by day. And I think because of these illusions, we forget, we forget, we see people, we see, we, we, we think that they've got this whole life and this beautiful picket fence and that's 
the, the thing that we're actually seeing is a mirror that's asking us to love our story and own our story deeper. So if you're lost, lose yourself. Lose yourself over and over and over and over and over again because every time you do, you find more beauty about yourself because you always find the way back. I say it like this. I'll take you through a little bit of a visual. I say this to people. I want you to picture yourself on a highway, okay? And I want you to picture yourself in a car. And and remember, you're the soul that got into the meat suit that got into the car, okay? So you're on a journey, right? And you're going down this highway. And when you look straight, you see this vision for your life, okay? But it can't be clear because it's so far ahead of you, okay? But you know that it's beautiful. You can tell that, ooh, it's exciting. There's stuff in front of me and I'm excited that I'm on this highway. And as you drive, you see these exits, okay? And you veer off and you get off and you go into a town and you park the car and you get out and you go through the town and you get lost and you meet all these beautiful people and you have all these amazing experiences and all these people show you different aspects of yourself. They enlighten you in ways that you could never have been enlightened if you stayed in the car and you stayed on that highway. You go into restaurants and you taste food that you would have never tasted if you just stayed on the highway. You see beauty, you see ponds, you see rivers, you see mountains, you see birds, you see all of these things. When you get off and you get lost, but you always know how to get back on the highway and keep going towards the destination. But what would life be like if you didn't choose to get off and to get lost and to wander and to find different parts that excite you? It wouldn't be life if you didn't get lost and it wouldn't be life if you didn't keep finding yourself. So to anybody that's lost, fuck yeah, keep going. Oh my god, I love the answer so much. You know, it, you know, there's this another quote that I I love, which is you know they say you have you have to lose yourself in order to find yourself. You know, it is it's true, right? Sometimes you are so afraid of uncertainty. You know, the unknown, the, the fear of unknown, you know, the fear of what's going to happen tomorrow or next. We are worried about all these things, and we want everything to be going according to you know exactly according to to our plans, right? But it's not how 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 life works. You know, ever. Yes, and we have to get lost and it's fine. Like you say, you know, that is the reassurance that I get, you know, people who are listening to this, who are feeling lost right now, they can get that reassurance from you, especially coming from you, is that it's fine. You know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm all right. You know, it, it, this is life, right? If I'm not lost, then I'm always certain about what's going to happen next and next and tomorrow or next year, you know, then I lose the joy, right? Exactly. The joy of life, the joy of living. So I, exactly. I love that answer so much. And when you describe that, you're not going to a town and you always go back, you always know, you always find your way back to yourself. And I love that so much. The analogy is so beautiful. So thank, thank you for you. sharing that. And yeah, you know, if I may yeah. say something to what you just said about being in the unknown, one of the things that I always offer up to anyone that I meet is we have a very limited at times amount of imagination in this human experience because we feel like we can only experience this or we can only experience that. 
So coming back to the car experience, you know, if you get off, if you type in a, a route on your GPS, okay, and you set the destination and then you Google the destination and you look up the places that you're going to go on the destination, you plan everything to the T, you're not living in the imagination. You're not allowing the miracles and the magic to unfold in life. Because the truth is life has so much more to offer us than we can ever in our human mind perceive. So when we let go of the control and we allow the magic, it's a billion times better because we don't put ourselves in a box. We don't put ourselves in a place of time. And I bring it back to, we have to remember what it was like when we were kids, when we would go outside and we would be with our friends and we would get lost and play for hours. We didn't think about time. We didn't go into the woods and plan, okay, when we get in there, there's going to be 10 goblins. There's going to be this color castle. We were in the now moment. We created from the now and it was unbelievable. And so if we can get back to that as adults and remember that if we just take it one now moment at a time, our life can unfold in the most enchanted and magical ways. But we just have fear and we want to control the outcome. But even when we do that, it will never, ever look the way that we plan it. And it will never feel the way that we want it to. But yeah, you know, maybe some people will say, but Cassandra, you know, I have all these responsibilities. I have all these bills. I have family. I have kids. How am I going to, how am I, I can't afford to get lost. I can't afford to get off track and, you know, just wander in the woods. Like you just, just said, you know, I have a job. I have to go to work every single day. I can't afford to, you know, to do that. What I would, what I would say to them is that's a limiting belief. That's a really limiting belief because by you just speaking it, you're already limiting yourself. So we as beings, whatever we project, we reflect, right? We're projecting that. And the only people that hear it is ourself. We're hearing our own beliefs. So if I'm sitting here in my now moment being like, I can never do that, I won't do it because I'm telling myself I can't do it. I'll give you a hypothetical, okay? Just just for fun. Say I have kids, okay? And I'm I'm Cass in my now moment and I've got kids. I've got a husband or a wife, whatever life wants to give me. And I have a job, okay? If I'm working a 9 to 5 and I'm not happy, that's my first signal that something's not right in my life, okay? that something's not going the way that I want it to go. If I've got kids, you better believe I'm going to take them into that magic with me. That's not limiting me. I'm going to teach them what it's like to play in this life. I'm going to play with them. I'm going to sit on the playground with them and I'm going to watch and witness the way that they play because connecting to them is actually connecting to the essence of myself. Am I going to commit to a partner who's not in alignment with the way that I play in this life or the way that I want to, 
I probably wouldn't. But if I did get myself into a relationship like that and I felt restricted, I would bring up the healthy conversation of, listen, I need more joy in my life. I need more magic. Joy. (laughs) I need more. (laughs) I need more magic in my life. I need I need a partner to play with me because I wouldn't want to be sitting in these thoughts and these feelings alone. Yeah, I think choosing the right partner to be on this ride together is so beautiful and it's so important, you know. And yeah, thanks for that. Um, Now, you know, I, I want to ask you a question, which is, you know, I remember last week when we spoke on the phone, you said something that really hit me that, you know, I really want to ask you today, which is, so you said something like, you know, we are all addicts and we are all addicted to fear. And you told me, you actually came to this realization that, you know, your brother's death, you know, Jason's death, it wasn't the drug that killed him. It was the feeling of loneliness, pains, and struggles. So, you know, that was a very bold statement, to be honest. You know, you said everyone's addicted to fear. So why, can you, can you talk to us about, you know, why, why do you say that we are all addicted to fear? Why is that a truth to you? So for me personally, what I've realized in my life, okay, is that first of all, I do want to say that my belief is that we are all addicts and being an addict myself at one point of drugs and, and, you know, and pills, I say this because in my evolution and in my healing um, journey, I realized that what I was going towards, my goal was presence, was being present to life because for so many years I was numb to life. And as I became more and more present, I realized just how many things are in place in this world to take us out of the human experience. Shopping, cars, or I'm sorry, shopping, social media, our phones, you know, like what overworking ourselves so we don't have to be with ourselves. All of these things, games, you know, video games, all of these things take us out of the human experience, okay? And I started to deconstruct life in this way. I'm like, okay, well, why do we want to be numb from life? Why did I want to be numb from life? Why did Jason wanted to be numb from life? Because underneath the drugs and underneath the shopping and underneath the social media and underneath the cars, the root is feeling alone, is feeling alone in our pain and in our human experience. Because a lot of people do not speak up about the reality of what's going on underneath, underneath the space suit, meaning What's going on in your soul? What are you feeling on a day-to-day basis? What are you feeling in your relationships? And my, my process around this was realizing that when I came into this world, the first thing I actually remembered was a really harsh memory of my mother, of my mother being beaten by eight police officers that broke our door down and came into our house. And I remember I was two years old too. And I still remember 
feeling the fear in my stomach. And as I've gotten older, the more people I've worked with, the more people I meet, which is a lot of people. And we talk about some of the first memories that they remember, even in the womb, because our memories come in while we're in our mother's belly, is the cause, the program of fear. It is the program of fear of either our parents being anxious and fearful about having a kid, or maybe we're soaking up the energy of fear around abundance when we're in the belly. But when we come into the human experience, there's always some type of program that happens, an instance that happens when we're very little, where we fear being ourself. Because if we are ourself, we're not accepted. I tell people a little example of like, say you're at a baseball game, okay, and you're really little and you know, you're throwing peanuts and you're just being yourself and you're waving your hands and you're being nutty and your dad or your mom look at you and they say, stop. In that now moment, because no one's explaining to us why we have to stop being ourselves, we fear the act of being ourself. We feel shamed, ashamed. We feel guilty. We feel blame. We feel punishment. And so that continuously occurs unless someone is consciously parenting us and teaching us through our early ages that why we're being taught these things. Most parents that you meet we're, don't teach you the why. And so what I've realized- Yeah, unconscious parents yeah. as well. Yeah, unconscious. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that it's not anything against parents or parenting. It's we weren't taught to, to consciously parent our kids. We are now with evolution and with our evolution of consciousness. So we can't blame our parents, but we also have to sit in the reality. And so do our parents with, oh, yeah. I can see where you're coming from, and that's actually valid. So when I talk about how we are all addicts, we are. And the first step is taking radical responsibility for our entire story. And if we are able to slow down and we're able to say that, which it's not easy. People are like, I'm not an addict. I don't do drugs. I don't do alcohol. Or I just have a drink, you know, a few times a week, or I do this. It, I'm offering up when you're doing it in the now moment, ask yourself why that's how you get to the root. Okay. When you feel something and you go play a video game, instead of just going to play the video game, yeah, you can play it out of fun and you can do it, but ask yourself why, when you're running to go shopping, when you're having anxiety or you have a lot going on, ask yourself why. And I guarantee if you slow down and you sit in your now moment, you will most likely discover the program of fear. But most of us, that is the last place that we want to go. We don't want to face the truth. We don't want to face ourselves, right? Because I believe we all know the truth because we can't lie. We can't lie to ourselves. We know the truth, right? We know we are afraid. We know we are fearful. We know we are avoiding ourselves. We know we are running away. 
but we choose not to see the truth and we choose not to go there and do all the work, all the healing that is needed to be done. And, you know, I, I believe COVID is such a huge catalyst for so many of us. Because right now, you can't run away anymore. You know, there's no shopping. There's no alcohol. You can't visit the bar. Of course, you can drink at home. But, you know, most of the time, you can hang out with friends, right? You have to stay at home all by yourself. And that's where you had no choice but to face what is really happening. Have to check in with yourself and to see where you are at. And, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a very scary place to be. Personally, for me as well, I went through a lot of huge awakening, you know, during the COVID. So can you talk to us about why? Because reading the news, a lot of people actually committed suicide because of COVID. So can you mm-hmm. talk to us about why? Why do we choose fear over love? Like, why is that we know we are fearful, but again, we choose fear over love? Well, a couple things in this in this subject of COVID, and I'll make my way into what you just said, but I do also believe COVID was a catalyst. COVID is a catalyst to this great awakening that is actually taking place in this world right now, which I do believe is the great awakening of consciousness, of our consciousness and of our evolution. And fear... I, I try to put this in a way when I work, I'm going to say this, how I work with my clients. Okay. I do a lot of childhood regression therapy. Okay. So we go back to the memories from like the root of where things began. And most people really fear this process. And I'll put it in this way of why. When we go back, to a version of ourself that we once played, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good in the body. It doesn't feel good in the mind. And I'll give you an example. In my own healing journey, because I've had to do so much shadow work, so much childhood regression therapy, I have had to go back to versions of Cass who lived very out of alignment. I've had to be the cast now who's sober and in alignment and full of love and travel back to the cast who was on drugs, who was um, uh, treating people poorly, hurting myself, making horrible decisions. And you have to go to that memory, okay? Witness it, love the human in it and have compassion and then come back out and be the character you are now. And most people fear that when they go back to the character that they once were, that they won't get back to the character they are now. That's why my biggest message is you are not alone because I take people, I hold someone's hand while we walk there. I say, I'll walk through the darkness with you. We'll go to the memory together You'll look at it and we'll come back and I will be the perfect mirror to remind you of who you are in this now moment. Because we fear that if we go back, we'll we'll have the same feelings. We might have the same attributes that we did before then, but we forget. That's why I always say we have to remember. 
We have to consistently remember who we are in this now moment, you know, to make the difference, to, to, um, to help this world real. Sorry. There's something in my face to help this world, um, understand that like my story that I just had told you, I knew I was love the whole time. Right. I knew I was love since I was a little girl and I am the full embodiment of it now. That's what we're all remembering. We're all remembering that we're, we've always been this. It's, it just takes layers. We have to keep going back and keep going back. And every time we go back to these past versions and we come back to the now, it's so beautiful because we just keep remembering ourselves. We keep remembering, oh, that's not me. This is me. Oh, that's not me. This is me. And so people fear the process. They fear the process of going in. They fear the process of uncovering, you know, and seeing why we made choices that we did or owning and taking radical responsibility. But in my own story and my own truth, what I could reflect in this now moment is the only thing that actually shifted me was radical responsibility of my story because taking radical responsibility of the story gave me radical power over creating my story. It's because now you, that you said, you know, you take your power back. And yes. there's another quote that I want to say right now is that, you know, um, I just can't remember the quote, but it's like something like, you know, um, the only way that people give their power away is thinking that is by thinking that they don't have any. Exactly. And I love that quote so much. Now I want to talk about, because you mentioned that, you know, you are a full embodiment of love. And now, you know, I want to, I want to talk about what you are actually creating right now in the now moment, okay. because your work is all about creating in the now. And I know you're on a mission and it is important to you and you are changing life. But I want to know, I really want to know, because I remember you just, you just moved to New York and you were looking for a studio in New York City. And then when I talked to you again, you know, about a few weeks later, you were back on the route and you gave out your apartment, you gave out your job, you gave out your business, you gave out everything, right? Traveling to travel across America and telling the everyday stories that we don't get to hear every day. It's really beautiful for you and why is it important for you to give out everything and do this work right now? Well, about a year ago, I was in meditation and I had a vision of New York and of being on the road. And I didn't, you know, I had no clarity around it, but I told you the way that I, the way that I choose to live my life is I do live in the now moment. When something happens in the now, I'm, I go. If I'm told to go somewhere, I go there now. I live by my intuition and I live by spirit and I live by Jason and I live by my guides. So when I was shown this vision, I started taking steps. I ended up, um, you know, letting go of my car, buying a different car, letting go of my house, letting go of my security, letting go of everything that I was comfortable with. And I just saw myself in a vision on the road, got on the road and headed to New York. And as I was going, I heard God say videotape, like, why don't you videotape the experience? Because I love film and I love, um, 
you know, I love people and I love documenting moments. So as I was traveling to New York, I started to videotape my experience with magic. And what started to unfold was these humans just wanting to share their experiences with me. But the most beautiful part was everyone that I met, it was because Jason and the spirits had guided me like to that gas station or to that Airbnb or to that building or to that sidewalk. Everywhere that I was being guided was being guided by spirit. And so I started filming and I filmed these really beautiful, you know, interactions. And then I got to New York and I was, this is when I told you I was sitting in meditation and I had this whole thing planned out, this whole life planned out for me in New York. And it just wasn't working. Like things just weren't going my way, you know, like things that should have been easy were just like, it was weird. It was like all these weird things started to happen. Like things would just fall through. And that's when I know that's my signal. Okay. I'm not in the right place at the right time. Something is being rerouted. So I was in meditation one night and, or one day, and I heard God say, watch and listen. And I literally saw this entire vision of me on the road, just driving. And I said, are you serious? Is this really what you want me to do? You want me to get back on the road? And I had no idea why at the moment. And as you know, I'm, I'm an artist as well. And I paint all of my clothes. Okay. So when I was in New York, I painted everything I was wearing. All my clothes say love on it. My hat says love on it. And everyone in New York knew me as this character of love, which I embody, which is also, you know, I play this part inside out. So the moment I got on the road, it was like a shift happened, like a complete shift occurred for me. I started to get all of these downloads about why I was on the road and why God was guiding me in this way and why Jason was guiding me. And the first hotel room that I had gotten to outside of New York, God said, it'll become more and more clear. Just keep going. And I said, okay. So every morning that I woke up, God would show me the next destination to go. And on the way, I would meet these beautiful angels who would just share these stories with me and I would just videotape them. And after about 10 of these, I got to Vermont and I'm sitting in my Airbnb in Vermont. And I felt like I went through this just complete transformation. I could see this vision coming through and I could hear Jason saying, do you get it now? And I sat there and I said, do I get what now? And so Jason said, I told you to create a channel to allow everyone to know that they are not alone. You are the channel. And so for me, I have spent so many years clearing myself, doing the work and clearing myself to become a channel for source, to allow light to come through to allow divine to come through to other angels in this experience, which angels to me are just everyday humans, right? We're all angels here. We just forgot. And to let them be seen, heard, and acknowledged. Because I remember what it's like 
to not feel seen, heard, or acknowledged. And I know Jason did as well. And that's where feeling alone comes in from all of our childhood, because most of us feel alone, as I said before. And on this journey, Joanne, what I've realized is, I said this after I died, it was no longer about the body, it was about the message. It was no longer about the things. It's not about the money. It's not about the cars. It's not about the security. It's not about these things. It's about the mission. And the mission is to let people know that they're not alone. And so for me, it was a process to give everything up. But what I gained was myself. Everyone that I come in contact with, every person that I interview is just a reflection of me. It's a ref I'm sometimes sitting there hearing these stories of like things that I've gone through moving through other people. And I'm like, oh my God, I was never alone. I was never alone. And my purpose is to show up for them and let them know that they're not alone. But it was like, it's been this like unbelievable evolution of my own consciousness to be like, oh, I've never really been alone because Everyone in this human experience is going through this, but people just don't talk about it. So for me, I'm videotaping this and documenting it to bring hope back into this world because especially during COVID, we all think that we're alone because we're in our own rooms. We're, we're dealing with our own challenges, but it's so important at this time to know that we're not alone, that we've never been alone. And I my mission right now is just to highlight that, you know, it's just to show that our brothers and sisters are going through everyday stories just like us. And they're feeling the challenges of every moment. But the thing is that they're choosing to continue to go, to do, to stay here, not to check out, but to stay present to life. And the other day I was in a motel room doing an interview with this guy named Ralph and he, you know, got into a motorcycle accident and died and he is back here. And we were talking about the beauty of his, of his prosthetic and the beauty of coming back into life. And I said to him, don't you feel like, like it's our job to be the light? Because if, if our brothers and sisters are sitting in the dark it's our job to be the light, to remind them that they're the light too, and to help them turn that light back on to shine because we need now more than ever for all of us to turn our light on, to turn our powers on, and to shine light in this darkness that's taking place in this world right now. Yeah, I love that because, you know, so often when we are in the, you know, in a dark place where we are going through depressions or all this uh, challenging time and we feel like we are alone, we are the only one going through all this all by ourselves. And we don't share, like what you said, you know, we don't tell, we don't even tell our family. We don't even tell our friends. Why? It's because I think for me personally, for me, why I didn't share my struggles with my family or even my friends was because I, I didn't want to be seen. You know, that's interesting. I didn't want to be seen as vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned that, you know, people want to be seen, but there are some, so to me, you know, I didn't want to be seen. So can you talk to me about why, why is that? You know, like, why is the truth there? Well, I mean, I can only speak right from my experience, right? But I feel that I've res I resonate with what you're saying, right? I didn't want 
to be seen for the love that I have always been because that's vulnerable, right? That's like the most vulnerable place you could be. And when I was a kid and I was that love, I was shut down for it. I wasn't accepted for it. And most of us feel that. We feel like if we are our most vulnerable self, we won't be wanted. We won't, we won't be accepted. And I'm speaking from my own experience, even in this now moment, okay? Because you know that my thing is to be the perfect mirror and to always live in transparency. The other day I had a conversation with one of my girlfriends and I said, I need to have a conversation with you. And it's really heavy on my heart right now. And she was like, okay. And I was like, I'm really scared. I feel a little bit of fear coming up, but I, I know that if there's fear, I need to override it because I don't want to live in fear anymore. And she said, okay, just tell me what's going on. And I said, I have a lot going on. You know, I'm on the road. I'm meeting people all the time. I'm dealing, I'm doing sessions all the time. I, I, you know, I'm having my own healing stuff come up and come through me. And I said, I just need you to know that I am in a really tender and gentle place right now. And I'm tired of being the person who's always seen as strong and she can get through anything. I said, I want to be seen as the love and the gentle angel that I've always been and know that like, yeah, I can do everything I ever want to do and I'm strong enough, but I'm also this gentle, like loving, like very tender human. And she was like, I love you because you are that. And I was, and I started crying and I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I just needed to say it. Like I needed to say it. And this process never ends. We're always going to come up against an edge with anyone or anything in our life. And it's going to, when we feel that edge, it's, it's asking us to be seen even more. It's saying, show yourself more, but we fear it because most of us just weren't accepted for it throughout most of our life. So it's just a reprogramming. It's, it's, it's constant reprogramming is every day of this human experience is right. Yes, it is. We are consciously or unconsciously recreating our programs, you know, and yeah, I, I, we love stories. So can you share with us, um, I know you briefly mentioned one or two, but can you share with us maybe one of the stories of the people that you met on the route? You know, I know you have a lot and you have been filming it, you have been telling it on your social media and YouTube, but what is the one story that you feel like people who are listening to this, you know, based on what we just talked about for the last one hour, what, what is the one story that people need to hear right now that you want to share? Oof. I'm going to tell this story and I'm going to try not to cry. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, you can cry. If you want to. <laughs> I may, I may cry. Um, so the other, this is going to be probably coming up on a month now because time is so just, you know, I'm, I'm not in time right now. Um, I was driving in Maine and I went down the street and I looked to my left and I see this, Ferris wheel. And it was like literally out of the 1950s, this giant Ferris wheel and this house and these unbelievable like carnival structures. And I'm like, wow, that is so cool. Like, 
I wonder what that was. And I see this car parked out in front with this woman with her legs up on the car writing. Okay. And I'm going like seven miles per hour. Okay. I'm going pretty fast. And it was a highway. And I hear God say, turn around now. And I'm like, okay. And I literally pulled a U-turn. I pulled into this structure and into this house. And um, I pull up to the woman and I put my window down and I looked at her and I said, hey, can I ask you a question? She looks at me and she points to her throat. Okay. And I could see that she had um, something going on with her throat, you know, and she looked at me and I, I was like, oh, okay. And so she, she, she put her finger up, like, give me one minute. She, I was like, okay. And so I thought she was going to get somebody else from the house. She comes out and I realized that she has a voice box with her. And so I put my window down, we start talking and I end up, I start just falling in love with this woman. She's just the most beautiful thing I've ever come in contact with. Her soul is so bright. You know, you can tell she's got obviously a lot going on, you know, that she had, um, her trachea removed and, um, and she goes on to tell me that she has two months to live, that she is cancer. And I looked at her and I'm thinking in myself while we're having this conversation, you are in one of the best spirits I've ever met anyone in. And you're uh, looking death in the eyes. And so at one point I looked at her and we're just hitting it off and connecting. And I said, um, her name was Diane, is Diane. And she, I say to her, um, listen, like, can I, can I tape you? And mind you, at this point, I didn't tell her about my brother or myself. I just told her I was on the, on the, on the road taping this show called Angels Across America and that God was guiding me. Okay. And so she goes, yeah, I would, that's fine. And I was like, okay, that's, oh my God. Okay. That's great. I get out of the car. I start filming her and she starts telling me that she created this carnival with her husband for 15 years and they did it for free for the entire town and they would have popcorn and rides and, and cotton candy and all this stuff. And they did it because a lot of the people in that town lived in poverty and they wanted a way to bring joy into their life without them having to spend money. And while I'm interviewing her, she looks at me and she goes, come with me. And she, she picks her finger up and she's like, come here. So this is, mind you, all being videotaped. Okay, I never pressed end on the video camera. So it's a total walkthrough. So she takes me into her house and into this secret room. And as I'm walking in, I'm like, where am I going? And we walk in and it's like all of these 1950s carnival rides, like horses from the 1950s that that run on pennies okay and I'm sitting there I'm like oh my god where did I just walk into I like felt like I was in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory but with toys you know and I'm sitting there and as we're talking her husband was underneath the floorboards fixing the water pipe and so on camera you see him coming up from like the floor and I'm like what is this happening and so his name was Lenny and so he comes up to us and I said to him on camera, you know, I actually didn't tell you this, Diane, but my brother passed away eight years ago from a heroin overdose. I died six months after him. I'm on the road being led by God. And 
you see her face looking at me and you see him. And then the next moment you see her ask me to come follow her. And so I follow her back through the door into their kitchen and she picks up her phone and she holds up her phone and she says, this is my son, Tobin. And I said, oh, he's so beautiful. And she said, he died from a heroin overdose. And I looked at her and I was like, I got choked up because of course I'm being led by spirit, led by Jason to all of these people. And then of course, this is what unfolds. And so she ends up telling me that Tobin died uh, April 23rd, 2013, which is my brother died April 7th of 2013. So they died just a week and a half apart. She then goes on to just opened, open herself up to me in a way that it's just, it was the most graceful thing I've ever seen anyone in this world do. She, she, let me into what it feels like to have cancer, what it feels like from the inside out. She took me through the process of being diagnosed with lung. She's, she's diagnosed with lung cancer after having throat cancer. She hasn't eaten in eight years. And she went on to tell me all this beautiful stuff, which I'll, you know, obviously people will watch when the episode comes out. But when I left her, I videotape myself in the car as a reflection and I cried for two days straight. I went back to my Airbnb and I had to process why it hit me so hard. Like I've been doing this for months now. And why did this story hit me so hard? And I sat with, because I was gifted a second chance at this life. This woman is looking death in the eyes and she knows that it's coming. And she was graceful enough to open her heart to me, to let me into her story. And then the way that she ended the interview was she, she grabbed my arm and she looked at me and she said, I want to tell you something. I said, what? And she said, I never grab my voice box for anyone. I don't want to talk to anybody. I said, well, why did you grab it for me? And she said, because you work for God. And I looked at her and she went on to tell me that she only is awake a few hours of the day, but that she makes sure that she lives it to the fullest. And those words, when I went home, it, it, it highlighted and brought like the weight of what I'm really doing. And I'm, I could, I'm sorry, I could start crying right now because it just, it was, it was just so much to feel into. It showed me what God is asking me to do on this mission, how he's asking me to show up for these angels, to allow them to get their story out, even while they're facing death. She let go of everything with me. She got to open herself fully to me and sit with someone who didn't let her feel alone 
in the process of death. He instilled strength in me to sit with her and be that mirror, to be that message of you are not alone. Even when you're looking death in the eye, when you know it's coming, like the weight of that, when I got home, it felt like, oh, wow. Like, okay, this is really what you're asking me to do. And I'm going to do it no matter what, no matter what the story is, I'm going to do it. And then also what hit me was just how graceful she is, how beautiful she was just like, oh, I'm sorry. I can start crying. It's like, just, she's texted me after how that day changed her life. And she sent me a picture of herself wearing a now level up shirt that says you are not alone. And it's just, this is what life is about. You know what I mean? Like this mission is what is showing me why I came back here, why I was given that second chance. It's because the human connection, it's because of our brothers and sisters. It's about reminding each other of our power. It's about reminding each other that we deserve to live. Like we're here in this now moment for a reason and it's to live, to really live our life while we have it and to not let it go, to not just take it for granted. And this woman was just a living, breathing example of that. You're making me cry. I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah. It is so beautiful. That message in that story it yeah. hit me because, you know, I, I also, you know, a few years back, I also didn't want my life. I was like, how can I take my life? You know, but then I decided, you know, if I can't, then I have to live my life to the fullest. So I think a lot of people today, they really need to hear this message, which is you only have one life. One life. Yeah. Why not live your life to the fullest? You know, why let all these limiting beliefs hold you back from living your life to the fullest? Why choose fear over love? You know, why not just find yourself again, be in love with life, be in love with who you are, really listen to your God and just follow your heart why choose fear yes yeah. i really you know that that story is really so beautiful and thank you for sharing that so wonderfully and um i know she will be listening to this i hope yeah I know she me will. too yeah you know if i may i would love to reflect to you when you just said about love and fear one of the beautiful angels that i ran into as well on this journey his name was blakey and he was an artist in rockland maine and he was such a beautiful light as well. But he said something to me that was so powerful because, as I said, each one of these angels is my own reflection, right? I'm just a reflection to them and they're a reflection to me. And when we started videotaping, he said to me, um, you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. And I said to him, how are you so sure? And he said, because... Our human programming is fear. And he talked about how he's a Christian and how in the Bible, they say fear, I believe, and I don't want you to point me, but I, it's either 398 or 389 or 60, 68, something like that, 300 and something, something. They, they say fear that many times in the Bible. Because our our innate programming is fear. And when you choose to live a life of love, you're not choosing the normal path. 
because most people sit in fear and they complain and they blame someone else for the way that they're living their life. And he said to me, you chose, you chose to live love, the life of love and not the life of fear. And I started crying when he said it because I realized he was reflecting, oh, I did choose. Remember that time in the hospital bed cast when you chose to be love? You're really doing it. You're not letting fear hold you back. Because if I did, I would have never gotten on the road. I would have never gotten to New York. I would have never left New York with no plan to get on the road to do this. And the truth is, I'm still in the unknown. I'm still in the unknown, but I can't afford to look at it and fear it because I've lived the character of fear once in my life and that did me no good. But this living my life as the character of love has only brought me magic. It's only brought me the most enchanted experiences embodying this character now. And after he was done saying that, he said, right now you're doing what you're meant to do because you're doing it in the now moment and you're following your heart. And he said, and you're also discovering what you want in life, how you want to live your life. You're doing it now. And he just kept repeating, you're doing it now. And now is all we have. And his story, I'm not going to go into, but when you see it, it was, again, he was living the life, looking at death in the eyes. And he's, and I just said to him, you know, I couldn't be more grateful for his life. And, you know, he needed to hear it just as much as I needed to hear the message that he gave to me. Yeah, you mentioned that, you know, I, I, I had a question, which is how do we know we are doing the right thing? You know, so many people today are talking about finding your life purpose. But like, how do we know? Maybe we are not so in tune with our, you know, um, um, uh, gut feelings or we are not so intuitive, right? We, are, we don't work with God or we are not connected to the spiritual world. Like, how do we know we are on the right path and doing the right thing? Like, what are some of the signs? Yeah, well, when we talk about purpose and we talk about our life purpose, what I've found in my life, the purpose is happiness. The purpose is joy. The purpose is love. The purpose is in every now moment that it feels in alignment and feels good. So when people ask me, you know, well, how do I know it? How do I listen to my intuition? How do I tap in? Of course, it's a process, right? Because we're reconnecting to our soul. This is a journey of reconnecting to our soul because, as I said before, we're so programmed with fear that we run away, right? And when we run away from this human experience, we're running away from our soul, right? I always offer up when you have a decision to make when you are thinking about doing something or thinking about doing another thing, put your hand on your heart, close your eyes and just start to breathe. Start to feel your presence. And when you bring up one decision, does your heart go fast? Do you feel anxiety? Do you feel fear around it? Or do you feel like not good, I would say? And then bring up the other option. Put your hand on your heart, start to breathe. Bring in the visual of you living your life in that way or doing that thing. 
okay? And if it starts to feel good in the body, but there's still fear, right? You're like, oh, you know, there's anxiety, but it feels good. That's your key. When something feels good, you're feeling. This is what I'm going to get to. Feeling. You're not numbing. You're feeling it. You're allowing yourself to feel it. And the truth is you're never going to know unless you take the step. And there's never a wrong step. There's always going to be a redirection. Whatever step you take is the right step because it's going to teach you what you need to know for the next step. Every, like, uh, what, what is that quote? I really loved it. It's, it's, not the de- it's not the destination, it's the journey, right? When we're remembering something, how many times do you like want to get like, um, you know, the promotion of a job or doing this thing? But like you think about all the steps you took to get to that promotion. Then you get to the promotion. And you're like, oh, I got the promotion. And now you get to the next steps to get to the next promotion, right? We never really think about the destination, we think about the steps that we take to the destination, right? We, we think about uh, the, the in-between moments. And those in-between moments are our feeling points. Like, how did it feel when you get there? When you got there, did it feel good? Did it resonate with you? And then from that feeling, we make the next decision based off how that felt. Does that make sense? Totally. It's, uh, yeah, I love that because it's all about feeling. It's, so much, it's not so much about, you know, achieving things, but it's how you feel when you achieve that thing, right, that you want. It's not about yeah. the job promotions. It's not about the money. It's how you feel when you have that money, when you have the job promotion. So I love that. That is really, you know, it's the first time that I'm hearing people say, you know, just put your hand on the heart and ask yourself, you know, you know, how do I feel about this decision, you know, and then choose another one and then do it again. And yeah, I always yeah. like to say, you know, we know the answer. We know the answer. We know what is right for us. We're just so fearful. Again, we are not sure. We have all this anxiety and fear of fear of judgment, fear of, you know, um, failure, right? And then we know, okay, that's what I want. You know, I, I, felt, I felt called to do that work, that whatever that I'm, I'm called to do. But I felt like, you know, what if I do this and then people judge me for it? You know, what if I'm not good enough, right? And all these things. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's really powerful. Um, you know, I, say one, yeah, yeah. One more Go thing. Go ahead. Because of what you just said, and I think that I guess this is just the truth of how I live now. After dying and coming back, I'm going to say this a family that I met a few weeks ago, and I love you all if you're listening to this. I met them in Belfast, Maine. I spent one of the most incredible weekends of my life with them. And one of the little girls, after meeting me for days, okay, they know exactly what mission I'm on, all of the things. She's five years old. She sits on my lap. We're sitting around a campfire. And she looks at me and she goes, Cass, literally, you're not scared of anything. Anything. You do so much. You're not scared of anything. She goes, are you scared of anything? Like anything? She was so cute. And I looked at her and her, uh, her dad was sitting with us and I looked her in the eyes and I said, I am scared of one thing. And she said, what? And I said, 
I'm scared of not living my life now. I'm not of not living my life to the fullest now. And she looked at me. She's five. Okay. She looked at me in, in my eyes so deeply and didn't have any facial expression. And then all of a sudden she just smiled so big and she goes, I love you, Cass. And I, she, she like in her little body and little essence knew exactly what I meant. And I looked at her and it was the first time I had said it out loud. I think ever really like what, like no one's really asked me like, you know, but she was like, you're not scared of anything, but what are you scared of? And my first reaction was not living. Like if I'm here right now, I don't care if people are going to judge me. I don't care if they're going to talk behind my back and think that this is woo woo or crazy or anything, because the truth is at the end of the day, this is my experience. And I want to feel that I lived it to the fullest. I want to feel the magic of this life. Thank you so much. I love her. I mean, she's so cute, right? I mean, when you're five, how do you know about fear? Like, who told you that? And you don't, do you even know what living life to the fullest means to you? You know, you are living your life to the fullest when you're five, right? You don't care about all these things going on around you. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm sure she's another little angel that you just met um, on your journey. Oh my God, all of them. And, you know, for me, I love, love kids so much. Like I love playing with kids. I love just sitting with them and listening to them because I try to give kids what I never got as a kid, which is like, I see you, I hear you, I understand you, I believe in you. And we connected so deeply in that weekend. And I I knew why she asked me. And it's because so much of the stuff that we did together, I was fearless. I showed them what it was like to be fearless and to, you know, like to, to be the full embodiment of themselves and be loved for it, to be careful. Right. But, you know, to be loved for the full expression of who they were. And I had like a knowing of why she said it, but I was sitting there just like at the same time, when you witness kids, when you see how kids act, they're more conscious than most adults because they have no filter. They don't care what they say because they don't have anyone telling them that they shouldn't have said it. You know what I mean? They don't have the fear until they're programmed with the fear. So half the things that they were saying, I was sitting there laughing so hard because I was like, oh my God, like, I love it. You all are just so blunt. Like we need more of you in this world. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. I love that. Right, you know, Cass, I, I can talk to you for hours. We can do so many episodes together. <laughs> oh my God, this is only the, the, you know, the beginning of um, so many episodes together in the future. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being Thank who you, you are. You have been so down to earth today and so generous with your sharing and your stories and your truth. Um, so we haven't, you know, we are going to end, but we are going to go over to our final five rapid fire questions. So it's uh, the five questions that I ask on my guests at the end of the show. But I have a slightly different question for you today. But before we Ooh. do that, yeah, is, I just want to know, like, is there anything that you want to share that I perhaps, you know, I didn't let you? Um, I think if I'm given an opportunity to say anything right now, it would be to reflect to whoever is tuning into this whenever you're listening to it, whether it be 
you know, a day after this is posted, a year after this is posted, we are the creators of our reality. We are the creators of our story. And there is a reason that you're hearing this right now. And there's a reason that I have come into your life and this story has come into your life. And I hope that in this now moment, you can take it as a sign from God, from spirit, from source, from whoever it is that you believe in, that you are not alone and that you are seen, you are heard, and you are acknowledged. And I do believe in you. And I do believe that you can change this world. And I encourage you and I empower you to choose the character of love moving through the fear. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. All right. So we're going to end with our final five rapid fire questions. So every question has to be answered in one word or one sentence maximum. All right. There's a reason for that. All right. Are you ready to play? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm now nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just have fun. Right. Just have fun with it. The first question is, what is one thing you wish you knew earlier? One thing I knew, I... permission. What permission meant? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to expand that question by asking, you know, permission to do what? To be myself. Love it. Love it. All right. The second question is, you know, knowing your story, this is what I really want to know. If you could live your life all over again, what would you do differently? I would eat a lot more junk food as a kid. <laughs> oh my gosh. I wasn't expecting that, you know. <laughs> I was expecting something more powerful than that. <laughs> well, the, my truth is, is that I wouldn't do anything differently because it's all perfect and I love who I've become. So I wouldn't change anything in the story. Like that's that's really why I gave that silly answer was because I wouldn't do anything differently okay I, i'm gonna ask a question it just came to me right now yeah i maybe i i know no one has you know actually asked you this question before if you could go back and save jason's life would you mm. wow <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I know i was like should i ask wow wow well it's funny that you said that because i was actually just gonna say when when I was like, oh, you know, I wouldn't do anything differently. The first thing that popped up was I would have spent more time with him. Do you know what I mean? Like I would have taken more opportunities because I think that's the one thing that I, even though I'm so connected to him through spirit, the feeling that I don't get to hold his hand or that I don't get to hug him is probably the heaviest thing on my heart. Um, But, you know, my truth is, No, I wouldn't because that was his story. That was his evolution. That was what he wanted. And that's what he wrote in his story. So I would never save him, but I would, I would have gone back to tell him he wasn't alone. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for answering that question. I know it's hard. (laughs) No, I appreciate it. I love that. I'm really, I'm really um, glad that you did. Yeah, it's not it's not one of the questions, but I just I just wanted to ask that, you know. 
Okay, the third question is, what is something you are trying to learn or curious about right now? Oh. Okay, I'm going to be fully transparent. Okay. I'm trying to learn more social media because I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. It's You're so good at it. Me. You are doing your YouTube channel. You have your social media, your Instagram, Facebook, all that. You are not. I know, but it's like all those algorithms and stuff. Like I feel sometimes like I'm a like an eight thousand year old wizard. You know, like like I get certain things, but the algorithms, I don't understand that stuff. You're doing good. No worries. As long as people are watching <laughs> your you know videos, it's fine. You're doing good. Thank you. Uh, yeah. All right. The, the the next question is, I know you can't answer this, but I just want to ask again. If you have five <laughs> minutes and the whole world was listening to you, what would you say? I love you. I would repeat it over and over and over and over and over. And For over five minutes? For five minutes. <laughs> no, I mean, I would say that. And I, you know, I would, I would just let everybody know that they're loved for exactly who they are. And that they don't have to be or do anything more than what they're doing right now. And also it's their experience, you know, it's not anybody else's and the way that they're meant to play this game is the exact way that they're playing it right now and not to compare themselves or judge themselves according to anyone else's because they have to understand that they chose to come here for their own story, not anybody else's. And then it's really important to remember that along this journey so you can become the hero of your own story and also help this world in the way that you were meant to always help it, not the way someone else was meant to. So, and that, you know, that I love them very much. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> I love All you. All right. The last question is, what brings you joy? <laughs> What brings me joy? Can this be a sentence or does it have to be one thing? A sentence, maximum. Yeah. Um, what brings me joy is my dog, Magic. He's my favorite thing. And nature. Walking outside, being in nature where all you hear is either silence or crickets. A nice hot cup of tea really comfy clothes on and a really beautiful walk that's what brings me joy it's the simple thing yeah exactly it's the simple things and i love yeah. your dog by the way he's like so so magical you know that's the, that's the reason why you call him a magic right uh, thank you yeah and thank you so much for all your powerful and beautiful message today this is such a wonderful connection you know Wow, I'm sure a lot of people can't wait to connect with you and get to know you more. So where can I send people to you? Thank you. Um, so they can find me at uh, www.nowlevelup.com. Uh, they can also find me on Instagram at Cassandra Mary Bauer. They can find me on Facebook at Cassandra Mary Bauer. And uh, the Facebook group is Now Level Up. And my YouTube is Now Level Up also. Yeah. All right. Um, by the way, I know you're on a mission and do you want to share like how can we support your mission while you are going across America? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, I am offering up if anybody does feel led to support, to donate for just, you know, goods and housing and 
just being on the road and doing this for the people um, that they can Venmo me. It's Cassandra Dash Bauer on Venmo. Um, and, you know, anything, you know, matters, you know, from a dollar to anything else. Like, it's just the support that that um, that means the world to me and magic. So, uh, I, you know, I'm doing my best to um, to create to create, I would say, on the road. But, you know, this world is changing and I gave everything up for this mission and I'm not, I'm so happy I did and I'm making things work in the best of the way that I can. But yeah, I mean, if people feel led to donate and to help out, it's always welcomed and appreciated. Sure. All right. All right, guys, I hope you love this episode. I told you in the beginning that she's just amazing, that you're going to love her, right? Go follow her, go to her website, read her story, watch her videos and check out all the amazing things that she's doing. And if you can support her mission. And if you're not following me, follow me at joyan.chan. And if you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave you with every other episode. Show up. The world needs you and you need you. Thanks for listening and I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. Hey guys, I hope you love this episode. If you love this episode, take a screenshot of this and share it on your IG stories and tell me what is your biggest takeaway. Remember to tag me at findjoywithjoyanne underscore podcast so that we can connect with you. And if you would like to support me personally and support my mission, then please help us rate and review the podcast at Apple Podcasts. I read all of them. And until next time, my friend, show up. The world needs you and you need you. You need the best version of yourself every single day. So always strive to be the best you can be in this present moment. Again, thanks for listening and I will soon be back with another guest in the next episode.